Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, welcome back to the Out of Spec Podcast. I'm joined by Kyle Connor, Ben Spreen, and Mike Breeling. And today we're going to talk about our time with the Ram Rebel GT, not quite a TRX, and the new Bronco four-door, and a lot of micro-mobility we've been playing with, e-bikes, e-scooters, all the little things. Plus, uh, Koenigsegg's making some aftermarket parts for Teslas, and there's a Ford Recall, and just, uh, you know a bunch of other stuff. So let's jump right in. Kyle, we have been driving, well, we just recently gave back the Ram Rebel GT. And um, we should mention, we gave it back in one piece. That's correct. We did not break this Stellantis product, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I don't know if we ever touched on on the podcast. Did we? Oh, uh, explain. So, yeah, um, we got the Jeep Grand Wagoneer, which we mentioned on a previous show right before we got it. And then before we could, we were like going to go film with it and we got hit on I-25 during a snowstorm by a runaway Tacoma. Well, not runaway, but he did run away. Uh, and <laughs> we were rendered um, undrivable on the, the center median. Because what that means is the dude ripped the freaking wheel off the car. <laughs> Kyle, in his excellent evasive maneuvers, although on ice it's a little harder, did full lock left, and the Tacoma just ran our wheel over and, yeah, ripped it off the front of the SUV. It just looked like a mess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but we still made tiktoks and got millions of views and um yeah it looked great even part crashed in the snow so everyone know. knows about that i was <laughs> I, I go around town now and they're like oh that was you who crashed the car <laughs> and i'm like well the dude crashed into us yeah so it wasn't our fault so we're still the, giving you products which is good <laughs> yeah well it wasn't our fault like things happen of course but yeah, yeah. I mean, it's nice that they they did loan us another vehicle so tacoma stayed away from our ram um kyle were you sad to let this go or did you like really enjoy driving it like how do you feel about the ram rebel gt so i didn't drive it as much as i wanted to and i'm a truck guy so driving it around i was like this is great there is something nice about just sitting up having v8 power great noise 
you know, just, just having the ability to know I could find anything and throw it in the back. And it had a 33 gallon fuel tank, had the extended range option. So it had like 600 miles on a full tank or something crazy. Um, and I, I genuinely loved it because I loved trucks. Did I like this particular truck over other trucks as a daily driving device, which honestly is what trucks are used for most of the time? Uh, not really, no. I think um, there, there were some weird intricacies with this truck that, that would probably stop me from getting it, notably the price. The yeah. way this particular one was spec'd was seventy. Two? $72,000. Yeah, seventy one dollars I wasn't aware you could spec a Rebel to $72,000. This, this was not maxed out either. It wasn't I, even maxed you out. can spec it to about seventy six, which is actually more than the entry price for a TRX. I would rather have a base TRX, I think. Yeah, so that's what I kept thinking was like, I'd go like hard throttle and I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to drive it gently. It had the 48-volt mild hybrid uh, e-torque system, which in its current iteration was awesome really not too many complaints um and we'll talk about some some complaints you had jordan i think you had more complaints than i did actually i just got in it drove it like a truck really enjoyed it uh wish we could do some some towing and off-roading but we just had a busy week we still produced a ton of content with it um yeah but but that's the thing for like the same money or like a little bit more i'd go trx the thing that we're ignoring to mention is we're living in this crazy time frame where trx is probably our marked over sticker so, um, you know, that's, that's probably not as close of a price gap in the real world as it is in our dream journalist world where we just look at a price and that's what the car is. Um, yeah, it's a nice truck. You know, the, you can nitpick it. The UI sucks. The, you know, <laughs> look how big Apple CarPlay is. Look how big it takes well, up that, the whole screen. Yeah, but that's actually good because there's other systems that like the Mach-E where it does the top half. It does the half, and it's annoying. Yeah. But now Maki gets the full screen. So I think oh, this is a new thing that that Apple has allowed automakers to do for the vertical screens. Yeah, Apple basically reoptimized cool. their software um, to work vertically, and it does work. It there's still some tweaks they need to do, and I wish Apple would give more customization within the CarPlay environment to the user. They need but, to hire our friend at BMW. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, we won't mention any names, but Jordan and I know the man who does all the CarPlay and Bluetooth integration for BMW, and he's awesome. I met my hero I didn't know I had. So we <laughs> we were talking to this guy who works there uh, at BMW booth and CES. By booth, I mean giant exhibit. And um, I'd mentioned, I was like, listen, your cars are the fastest to connect wirelessly to CarPlay, and they just have an excellent responsive UI. It's like, it's perfect. And he was like, yes, thank you. I I am the person involved or like overseeing that. And I was like, oh, it's you. I was like, I, I, I'd shake your hand, but you know, every, it's just like, it was crazy to, to yeah, to me. Yeah, I mean, I will say my, uh, my iPhone connects wirelessly to my mini like, as soon as I like turn the car on. Like maybe just in a minute, 10 seconds later, it's like up Apple CarPlay stuff on the screen. And then so there's you connect I, five. I yeah and then there's uconnect 5 that just struggles with a lot of things um so like for instance me and kyle got in and we were like oh it's cold let's put our heated seats on we each had to take turns 
And while one person was doing it, it was slow and buggy, and we had to wait for that to actually enable. And then if I tried to turn mine on before his finished, it would cancel his out, and we would start over. It was so maddening. And Apple CarPlay didn't always work. Um, and I actually had the screen just completely black out on me, completely stopped working. Um, I even restarted the truck, still wasn't working. And then later time and got in, and it was working fine. So just buggy things. Um, but yeah, like Kyle said, it's a truck. It drives like a truck. It does truck things. It does just fine. If you're not really picking it apart, I think the premium sound system is very mediocre. Um, there's just a lot of things I'm not a super fan of. If it was like 50 grand, which you can get it starting at that price, great. I would just get this relatively base. But the GT package itself gives you kind of the the faux TRX sounds. Like it sounds ex- exciting as the intake and the exhaust um, and it you know some of the visual aesthetics, but uh yeah overall i don't i I don't think i could choose this over like an eco boost honestly (laughs) (laughs) well the new the new f-150 is is an amazing truck in almost any of its guises yeah Um, yeah but I, i think manufacturers need to take a look at the way they're doing technology and the way customers interact with it and what they should be forced to do is the people who are trying to design the infotainment and UI, HVAC controls, all of that, they should be forced to go sit into a car that's like 20, well, I'm not even that. It should be like zero degrees outside. You should have to get in that car and then set your HVAC. Because mm-hmm. when you're freezing cold, get into a freezing cold car, you get impatient very quickly. So if I have to like do a bunch of stuff to get my heated steering wheel and heated seats and like climate dialed back up to hot or wherever I had left it wasn't the right area, that's not good. And yeah, it's, it, this was was laggy even after the remote start. And then Jordan and I got in the car at the same time, the truck in the same time, and we couldn't both adjust settings because yeah. the touchscreen only allows one at a time. Yeah. And so, yeah, this was quite infuriating. These paddles are interesting as well. The the stupid rear steering wheel buttons. It doesn't on, bother me as much as you. It, it bothers. I don't me. like them. I guess it I'm, doesn't bother me either. I've been in plenty. I've owned a Jeep Wrangler with them. And I find them pretty convenient, to be honest. Yeah, I guess like they are odd, but it's it wouldn't stop me from buying it. No, yeah, yeah. it's not it's not a deal breaker, brand, but it is weird having like paddles where you can only like really hit part of the paddle because the paddle is cut out because of the button, and they're really nice paddles, nice aluminum, like just felt really good. Um, but yeah, it's but we we let this go and we replaced it or it got replaced by the four door Bronco. Uh, Kyle, is this the which trim is this? Maxed out Sasquatch baby with the 37s. Oh man. So how is it? I haven't been up there yet. I'll be seeing it hopefully tomorrow. But, uh, uh, yeah, yeah I, I actually had to run an errand and I took it out to farm country, which there it is. So in, in our town, you can go west into the Rocky Mountains or east to farmland. And I'm talking like three miles east, three miles west. <laughs> and so this was like a 10-minute drive, and it just is like Kansas until you hit the ocean at that point and um looked great out there really good cruising 55 60 miles an hour comfortable lane uh pushes you back in no lane centering but like um you know for everything that you would never think when you have to evaluate a bronco which is oh let's take it off roading and go mud bogging and rock crawling and all this stuff and but like everyone's just going to drive them on the street. Really good at that. Amazing heated steering wheel. Best heated steering wheel I've ever used ever. Heats <laughs> right up. And these are the important <laughs> things. Heated seats, 
awesome. Sound system, surprisingly good for a car that has removable doors. Hmm. And um, the wind noise wasn't terrible. Now, I had driven this exact car uh, a few months ago, uh, but we never actually made any, like, full reviews on it. So now they've given it to us for a week. But we had, like, an early view in this exact one, which was great to get back into an old friend. has 9,000 miles. It feels ragged on. Like, it's feels <laughs> curved, and, like, the transmission just feels loose. Like, I launched it, just, like, nailed it from a light to see what it would do, and then it was, like, it was, like, engine was, like, under load, but it wasn't moving, and then, like, something unlocked in the transmission, and then it was, like, and I'm, like, oh, <laughs> like, it felt like it was trying to go two gears at the same time, like a trans brake. Um, it just, yeah, it's, it, it's feeling a little tired, I have to say. And I, I can't remember feeling that when I drove it when this car was fresh. So we'll have to play around with it. It was, you know, everything was up to temp. It, it's just had a rough life. So it's hard to say if it's this particular car. Or, um, but yeah, we're going to do a ton with it. We're going to take it off-roading. I did not drive it today, though, because um, we just had a sheet of ice everywhere. Colorado is not, you know, we're, we're great at driving in the snow here, but ice is an East Coast thing. No one has studded tires uh, down here in, at the foothills. Up in the Rockies, they do. But, um, yeah, there were a bunch of accidents in front of our house this morning. I was like, the Bronco can stay in the driveway. I'm not going to risk that car uh, crashing that car. So, so we'll, we'll take it out eventually. I drove a two-door Bronco. Mm. And I feel like this is a car we haven't talked about yet. And so I, I we briefly shared some thoughts on it. Uh how much was your respect out to you? Do you know? Haven't looked yet. Uh, yeah, I only drove it for a few minutes. Jordan, do you know? It's a Mac. It's got. It's expensive. It's got to be. I'm not sure. Yeah, probably sixty something. Yeah. Okay. The two. I think they maxed out in the sixties. Okay. The Tudor one I had was in like the mid fifties, I think, because it had the same. It's same package with the big tires, everything, hard top. Yeah. And I came away from it thinking that I like it more than a Wrangler, but. If I want that style, I think I just have a Land Rover Defender, truthfully. Like, yep. It's just so much. This is the problem. The Defender is so much nicer 95% of the time. And it will probably still get me to the same location off road with a little more difficulty than maybe the Bronco will, you know, not having the same articulation. But I, I, yeah, a Bronco's definitely more capable of a machine. Yes, no denying that. Now, there is a new Defender in the fleet here, and perhaps we could stage a little comparison. Um, Get a 90. That would be cool. Yeah, there's only a 110, and it's like a base or SE model. Hmm. Uh, but it looks pretty good, whatever. Uh, yeah, so, so I agree with you, Ben. The thing was, uh, Timon and I drove this Bronco and then a Wrangler back-to-back. And like when we got in the Wrangler, it felt like we went back 50 years. We were like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, like the steering in the Wrangler by comparison to the steering in the Bronco is like moving back a couple centuries. <laughs> if yeah, you know, I mean, it's it probably solid axle versus independent front suspension or something playing into it. But like you do feel a little more connected in the drive. Like, yeah, the Bronco. It's a good halfway it. point between Wrangler and Defender or something like that almost, or G Wagon maybe. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, so Bronco, look, at the end of the day, people drive these cars on the road 95% of the time, and the Bronco is by far a superior vehicle on the road without question. It has the mm-hmm. 2.7 liter V6 in this one, which I actually think I would get the four-cylinder. I don't think you need the power. It's way I'd too for the manual, yeah. Um, and yeah, I'd get a manual because the auto is annoying, and it's 10 gears, and you have to use the plus minus, and it's always over. Yeah. <laughs> but like this thing at like 2,500 RPM, 
in manual mode when you nail it has so much torque. I was like, oh my goodness, is this thing just gonna pull apart from the chassis? Like it was, it was insane. Like, I don't know if it was some like overboost crazy thing it went into, but it just like mid range just blew my mind how fast it was. And I was like, I don't need this in an off-roader. I'd get four cylinder manual crawler gear, Sasquatch, mm-hmm. bit, but I'd do four door. I'm not into two door cars. Personally. This is what I want. Yes. This is I the, like those doors too. The, the two door with the McLaren Senna doors. I mean, it's an aftermarket option, but the aftermarket is giant for these things. But yeah, two door in this yellow with the tan with the manual and the four four cylinder. Yeah, this is this is all me. <laughs> but this uh, the one you're showing is interesting because it doesn't have the keypad on the door. Do you know the the way that works? You just pull it off. <laughs> it's just stuck on with like double sided tape. It's That's not funny. like you shouldn't have mounted. There's no reason for it. Well, yeah. the, the I like the Ford keypad. I like the I especially like that you can lock it without a key which is really handy if you forget and you're near the car or, and I think that's useful because apps aren't always perfect. Um, but I, you know, cause the doors As come off know. that keypad on the, uh, the Jeep is just a little wireless remote. Like you take it off and carry it around with you if you wanted to unlock and lock the car. It's, it's yeah. kind of funny to see that. It's a clever solution actually to keep that functionality. Yeah. Well, so at the end of the day, early days for the Bronco, we'll spend more time with it, but initial impressions are amazing. He did steering wheel. That's all you know. Um, also, also in the studio, wanted to touch really quick on our micro mobility we've been unboxing, and it's kind of fun because you know media vehicles don't arrive in a box; we just you know drive them. These all come in boxes. You can see the boxes behind them in this photo if you're watching online on YouTube. Uh, giant boxes with essentially eighty to ninety percent assembled bikes, but how hard the last ten to fifteen percent to assemble is is uh yeah it's no that's been the case for the ones you've done (laughs) the one we had to do today we had to put the hub on with the chain and then all the other stuff wow wow well yeah we have a lot of these i don't know how many we have total and how many are still coming but it's it's a large Yeah, should I give a rundown of what we have here already? Because we have so many bikes coming this week, but I'll at least kind of explain because three weeks ago, I didn't know the difference between an e-bike from one company to another. I had never heard of any of them. Uh, You know, I just totally ignored it. But now after riding these bikes, we have uh, biking trails everywhere. We're an extremely bike-friendly city, so it's the perfect place to test these units. I, I can ride from my office to the house uh, and never see a public road. It's just a whole trail network. Or I could ride on the bike lanes on the public road. It's really awesome. So let me wheel a couple of these bad boys over here. Just give me a second. <laughs> and the first is coming over now. Yeah. We have for our for our listening audience, not on YouTube. I'm stumbling a bike here. Let me hold this thing down. Perhaps the show and tell isn't going to work so well on on the podcast form. This is the uh, Ride One Up number five, and it is the, what's it called again, Tyler? Yeah, the Core Five. So this is like sort of the entry-ish level bike. This is bare bones, but still kind of like nice and good quality. Think like Honda Accord. It's not a bad car. It's just basic. Um, So it's still got the Shimano seven speed, 750 watt peak motor, 500 nominal. Uh, and it's only a thousand bucks, thousand forty-five, and has like that's a pretty decent fifty miles or so. Uh, charges in three to four hours. 
Pretty sweet. And no good. suspension on that, it looks like? Front, uh, actually, no suspension on this bike. Okay. Can be fixed if you really want to. To something in this range, which is coming over now. This is the KBO Breeze Step Through. And uh, this is a different style of bike where there's no bar this way. Uh, That's nice. Larger bikes, next level up in terms of quality. Um, yeah, not, nice bike for sure. Five levels of pedal assist, throttle only. These are all class three e-bikes. So they go 20 on throttle and then you can pedal them up to 28 with assist and then assist shut up, shuts off and then <laughs> it's hard to go faster. Hmm. So they kind of limit you there. Actually, this is maybe a small uh, side note on bikes, but it's nice to see that type of uh, bike frame in the US because if you go to most countries outside the US, you'll get that style of bike frame because bikes are used as a you know form of transportation because they are bike friendly generally, mm -hmm. especially in Europe. But here, that's almost sometimes called like a woman's frame or something. But there's no reason why me as a man would not benefit from not having to like throw my leg over the, the you know top bar. So it's kind of neat to see that coming into the US market at least. Yeah, I really like it a lot, actually. The step throughs, you know, the downside used to be that they weren't as stiff, but now with modern technology, it doesn't really yeah. matter. Uh, they're a little bit heavier, though. So this is the Mac Wheel Pro adult scooter front hub motor here. Uh, so front wheel drive is mad oh. burnouts. And this is, um, <laughs> yeah, this, this thing. I've had fun. experience with front wheel drive e-scooters. They don't do hills in the wet very well. They just burn out the whole way. So <laughs> this one recommends not riding in the wet. Um, that's why I did forward about two inches of water though and it still works right yeah oh it's fine Jordan you want to give a little rundown on your impressions of this because we've actually ridden this the most so far because it's the only scooter we've received up to this point yeah yeah it's uh, so scooters I mean kind of like mini lime and bird and all them they're just they're so rough I mean they have the the most of them have the non-flat tires like they're just solid rubber basically oh, and yeah. it's just jarring to like go over any sort of bump and like when me and Kyle took it to launch I had to cross I think three sets of railroad tracks uh it was just not great <laughs> and you have such a small wheel that it does not go across a bump it everything's yeah. a bump um, this is uh, the last style of bike I want to show this week. We'll talk more, but this is a fat tire e-bike, which means the tires are more than chunky. Yeah, chunky, more than four inches wide. Nice suspension, big ass, fifty-two volt battery system here. Things rips. This thing's awesome. Uh, seven levels of pedal assist in this Magi cycle, and um, yeah, this is the only non-step through cruiser that they offer. So the other ones were all step throughs. I'd probably go for it because I don't think this is as aggressive to like go super off-roading with, but yeah, this thing's been pretty good. It's uh, my favorite so far. And so this is what I've been <laughs> riding most of the time. Cause it, yeah, I'm a big guy. This thing just fits me a little bit better. So there's your, the, uh, what's weekly. the MSRP on that one? Uh, I don't know offhand, but it's actually oh, okay. really reasonable. It's under uh, two four, grand. It's, it's fourteen ninety nine right now, but it's like seventeen ninety nine in normally. But normal. the last time they had the normal price, who knows? It's like one of those things that's like permanently on Every, sale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's but, not a bad deal at all. Yeah, yeah but, but I'm really into this magic cycle. I like this thing. I like and we'll have uh, we'll do a little showcase every week. Yeah, that was easy to assemble as well. Um, so, gonna do more unboxing. Jordan must have assembled weekend. that one. 
<laughs> I'd be curious to see about these sort of like retrofits for people with existing bicycles. I, I remember seeing something a while back that was like a hub motor front wheel that you could just throw on any bike, keeping the, the gear train of the bike all the same. And I think it tied into like an app or something to configure the, the modes, or maybe it was a remote. But you basically just threw a wheel on the front and then boom, add pedal assist, which seemed like a cool idea. Yeah. It was also like the same price as one of those e-bikes when I looked. So, you know. Yeah, you might want the ground up designed platform yeah. for it. But, well, yeah, um, check out Out of Spec Scoots. That's where we are putting all these videos of all these micro mobility components and vehicles. And it's it's a lot of fun doing unboxing, but also reviews are coming as well. So a lot of fun things going on there. I do want to take, take it a- off any sweet jumps. No, no jumps. No. Oh, well, I did jump off a curb on the bicycle, which the big fat tire one didn't even notice. (laughs) (laughs) Sasquatch package. (laughs) That's great. Yeah, perhaps uh, one of the things I want to do a little bit more of is tying in our our Scoots channel with the car stuff or cars into Scoots as well. And one of the things that we pitched to Rivian to be totally transparent was, you know, a whole bunch of videos we wanted to make for them, hopefully to get us a car as soon as possible. Uh, TFL has one for a week. I don't know if it's a media vehicle or like loaned to them by a Rivian employee, it's but it's an employee. Yeah. Yeah. But it's definitely some, something going on there. Um, but that's amazing. They're doing uh, some really cool things with this truck. And so, yeah, I want to tie some of that in with the micro mobility show, the gear guard, uh, you know, scooters in the front, stuff like that. So I've been enjoying the Rivian content from TFL drag race against TRX. Super interesting. It just smoked the TRX. It was amazing. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that'll be exciting. But uh, let's switch gears to some news really quick. Um, I know Kyle's not—he's not that big about unplugged performance, or it. But he maybe like Connie's sake. I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think unplugged performance is doing a ton for the Tesla community. It's getting uh, excitement out there. I just have never used any products on my car because I've just kept it stock. Uh, yeah. So yeah, not, nothing. And that, these, uh, yeah. These may be really expensive too, uh, which <laughs> I just think it's kind of silly to like modify a Tesla. To be honest, it's an iPod on wheels. Like, there's nothing exciting about it. I think you get yeah, some good wheels and you move on. Um, but you know, like my good friend Drew, he's going crazy with his car and involved in all these projects. And Unplugged is doing some things. I personally just am like, I don't think their body kit looks good, and I just think it looks kind of silly to modify an electric car this way. I mean, at the end of the day, yes, they're fast, but they're not fun. Uh, in my opinion, if you want to go to the track, spend all this money buying like a Miata and ripping around. I don't know. Yeah, or a Lotus uh, Exige. Yeah, that's the, that's the carbon. <laughs> there's, an, there's a Lotus Exige here, I think in my neighborhood, um, that's full carbon bo- carbon fiber. The entire body, every single component on it is carbon fiber. And it is a complete track monster, supercharged. Uh, <laughs> it's loud and uncomfortable, and his wife barely lets him keep it. But uh, yeah, uh, but th- this is an interesting concept. And it's interesting, all the comments I've seen on people sharing this article around is the, the people who are like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And there's also people that are like, wait, you can modify electric cars, um, which you know, in their defense, there's not much you can do. They're not touching drivetrains. Until we can start touching drivetrains, I think I'm not interested in electric car modifications. What yeah, do you I'm in the same boat. So the the ones I, I, I love are the ones that are like ground up or conversion. Like Kyle and I saw a lot of these at Holly. Like we saw a Miata that was converted. We saw um, 
uh, well, I saw it at the Concours d'Elegance, a an old like seventies nine eleven with a wide body that had was been converted to electric using four zero motorcycle drivetrains and eight bat no eight zero motorcycle motors and four batteries, and it's just like totally custom work except they did partner with zero on it which was super cool so it's cool to see like some manufacturers being like gung-ho about it like they're like oh yeah let's help you out and then some are like very locked down like no you can't chip tune our cars yeah. or do anything so i don't know we, we're it'll be an interesting age we're branching into i mean even well, kyle interesting yeah, I mean, thing that we left out it's not with koenigsegg the auto auto division it's with their manufacturing division so it's not mm-hmm. like we're going to see like a Koenigsegg powered Tesla or a Tesla powered Koenigsegg. I think it's going to be, you know, individual parts designed by unplugged performance that will then be uh, produced by Koenigsegg because they've done a ton of work in the carbon industry. The big question to me is, are you going to notice the quicker lap times of a nine? I'm just making numbers up. I don't know what it costs of a $9,000 spoiler made out of carbon fiber or some sort of composite that would cost you know 400 bucks uh those are not actual numbers don't quote me on that and i think the answer is no i think it's just a cool factor certainly this is really cool to see you know a start of collaboration i know christian von koenigsegg has driven a tesla for years as his daily vehicle you know they're not new to tesla at koenigsegg um, and we all know unplugged and tesla have a great relationship so it all works uh you know holistically but you know, if you're buying this stuff for your Tesla, is it the best bang for your buck for performance or not? And I don't know. We've never done the, we've never tested it. I don't think anyone's done a side by side comparison. I don't think it matters. People are going to buy it no matter what. Um, for me, though, like I'd much rather just go function over style. But that's you know. I think that's just with EVs. We don't have the the highly functional modding scene yet because it, it, it's such a different territory and what i find interesting about this is like if you're building a model 3 race car you know like unplugged kind of has done that stuff i think you can justify but we probably know a pretty high percentage of the people who do track model 3s and things like that and who are like competitively you know racing or driving them you know in time tax i wonder if even they you know as the target audience this would see the value that it's bringing you know to to the extent that the cost is at least yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, and really, that that's just a, more of a question than it is an opinion. Mm-hmm. It's, do you go? You know, like I, I guess where I don't know what this is going to cost, but I, I can only imagine it's a ton. Um, and and so many people are obsessed with carbon, which I'm just not. I see carbon and I get turned off, and I'm like, oh, I don't want any of that. This is already a four thousand five hundred pound car, um, or whatever it weighs. So I don't know. I just think it's kind of. Not really going to make anyone faster, is my opinion. Yeah, don't forget. But we will have the coolest wrong. Model Three at the SoCal Tesla Owners Meetup, which is where this is going to be most important. Well, that—that's the thing. It's just—it's just bragging rights. It's I modified mm-hmm. this and spent this much money. And look, I love that part of car culture. It's a very Japanese side of car culture. Uh, you know, modifications and tuning and showing off your your body kits and 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 that's great. Uh, but it's it's just not not my style. I want my car to look worse than stock. I want the badges <laughs> off. I don't want anyone to know what I have. And then I just want to smoke them. <laughs> smoke them. Yeah. D- just don't forget about the driver mod 
Um, but I, I am one that loves like looks and that's why I added like a lip spoiler to my Miata, which does literally nothing, but <laughs> that makes me worry cool. every time you pull into a parking lot. And <laughs> <laughs> stress. Yeah. And Christian von Koenigsegg does have a Miata. So, you know, gotta be grounded in something. Um, I also, yeah, he is the coolest man alive. In yeah. My yeah. He's doing cars, right? That, uh, what was that documentary on Netflix a while back? I don't remember the, the it was the coning apex or yeah, yeah. jf shot it uh, which is now tangent vector i think that was before they were tangent okay yeah they did it for drive great stuff um we're gonna switch to some electric truck news really quick because this was interesting to me um bollinger who we've we've seen the b1 and b2 for years i don't know when they were first unveiled but they've always been like this you know, aspirational prototype, you know, Kyle's favorite thing, just uh, <laughs> a design on wheels that has no actual numbers tied to it. And then what happened recently was they essentially, um, they didn't per se cancel it, but they um, indefinitely delayed it for the sake <laughs> of developing for commercial scenes, which I think they're, they're understanding there's a a lot that um, commercial scenes would want to look for in electric vehicles. We're seeing some companies like Lightning E-Motors um, kind of focus on that. Kyle and I saw some other companies in um, California and Vegas also keeping their eye on commercial. Um, and even Rivian, they're doing a van for Amazon and probably a lot of other things as well. But Bollinger, I, I don't know, who knows why, but basically what happened is they just, they're not making their quote unquote passenger cars any or trucks anytime soon or maybe ever. Um, I don't know if it's because there's so much alternatives already out there. Like they were so far behind the scene, although you know Cybertruck's been delayed to who knows when as well. They that's been removed from Don't Tesla's remember. website. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's it's interesting, but they're gonna focus on class three to class six trucks which I, they look so rad. Like I would have loved to see some passenger Bollingers out and about. Mm -hmm. Like it's what I wish the Hummer EV would have looked like, like more Hummer H1 vibes. Um, but it's going to be cool to see them in a commercial sense. And this they were not news. We've known for this for years. Um, you know, they, they've been open in saying they, they are getting into the commercial space. They only want to operate. Well, they never said this publicly, but I know a lot of the guys at Bollinger Commercial was their business model. I love the guys at Bollinger. I'm friends with them. I know a lot of people at the company. And uh, yeah, I don't think I ever expected their trucks to make production. They're, they were just like boxes on wheels. It was a front, in my opinion, this is nothing they've told me, it was a front of marketing to get people to know about their commercial business. And uh, they want to sell chassis and they, they want to sell the powertrains and the hardware for others to then upfit in the ways that they want. This is just my perception. So no news here. I don't even think we covered it on the inside EVs or Swerve side because it was just so, yeah, we've, we've known this for a long time. So, um, but yeah, yeah. The inter interesting vehicles from a design perspective, but yeah, they were never really well fully baked and stuff like this. Electric yeah. vehicle you can't buy, you won't be able to buy. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, speaking of trucks that you can't buy and who knows if they'll ever come out, um, Edison Future. Kyle's How did they make it in our podcast? <laughs> who let this happen? I was just thinking the same. Yeah, so Jordan, we, who's running the show here? What, yeah, what's going on? We, we've never talked about these, and Thank I. The Lord, let's not. <laughs> 
Yeah. Does, it, we it, make our own electric truck startup. It seems like the barrier is pretty low. I know. You just get we a can, rendering and say, say some things about range that you don't have to deliver on and boom. $100 a reservation. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's put some money in the bank. You know, we'll make it 99 Yeah. <laughs> we'll undercut everyone. $99. And Kyle's pointed out, you may as well say 1,000 miles on a charge because they have nothing about batteries in here. Um, it's yeah. So you know, Edison Future is trying to go truck. Also, and who van. who picked all the stories from Motor Trend? There are competitors. What are we doing here? <laughs> no one, no one at read about this. Yeah, um, for good reason. There's really there's really no news here. But uh, we had never talked about them other than their weird design and the fact. Like Kyle saw them, we, we saw them at Eliado Show and CES. And I, it's so weird having the like. The front row has three seats, which is fine. Other trucks do that. But the center seat has the headrest just as tall as the passenger seats. And so if you look in the rear mirror, you can't see past any of the headrests. Yeah, they might do the digital rear mirror thing like <laughs> most cars have. Oh, well, they might do a load of things. Literally nothing on this is you know safety approved or anything yet. It's all, all a concept. Look, so. I don't think we need to like I I'm not taking the stance that I don't want more electric cars from more start, startups. I think we're at a turning point in the auto industry where uh, you know smaller companies have the opportunity and really the opportunity for the first time in the last 70 years to to make a new company and be successful. They've already had Tesla pave the way, do the hard work, change people's minds, open up the world best. We now have Rivian a new car company that's coming in, Lucid as well. So there is a path to production and a path to success, although Lucid and Rivian yet to be fully realized at this point. Um, and I don't and think we need to take the stance. Yeah, and and well, I don't think, I don't know. But I, <laughs> I don't want to <laughs> take the stance that I'm against any of this. What I am against, not really against, just like not interested in covering, like stuff that we don't, we shouldn't make videos on it suffer is all of the noise in that space. I think we'll let everyone else drown all that out. And then as soon as they get to the next level, which is production plant acquired and, and, you know, prototypes rolling out, um, you know, with the intent of a soon delivery, then that's when I think we get involved and we start covering and, and things like that. So I'm not against you got to have have the ability to make a tangible thing at the very least, right? It, like the lowest bar. Like talking to their engineer or whoever we spoke to when we were at the LA Auto Show just did not leave me with any confidence this would turn into a real thing. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's a weird disconnect because a lot of people at the company are driven and passionate, which is good. That's what they need to succeed, but how much of that is like this false generated passion by the company morales versus like tangible things and so i'm excited to see rivian and lucid actually delivering vehicles and hopefully we can put rivian through our testing soon because we had a great first drive but it was in their environment essentially it was almost completely controlled um still impressive and it's cool to see companies like that doing unique things but let's shift to some actual things you can buy although none of us will be buying because they're probably going to be so expensive or exclusive but um I guess the 911 is hitting its 50th, I almost said 100th, 50th anniversary this year. Um, and this Porsche special. Design. Oh, Porsche design. Porsche design, yeah. yeah. Anniversary. Uh, with the stunning Targa. Um, and I, yeah, everything about this is awesome, which I guess was the color is based off of chronograph, like Porsche 
it, what in 1970 they made like a chronograph watch thing and it was the first one that was all black so that's what the color code is off of and uh satin black and satin platinum which is such a good clean color combination um but yeah i don't know yeah i think it uh, looks great the interior is just always going to be my favorite part with those seats but oh yeah the, the like, colored accents cool. on the outside it's definitely a really nice car that we'll probably never see one of yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know how many they're making probably not many 750 or something 500 i think 500 okay or is it for the watch that the 992 gt3 9000 rpms Ooh. yeah so that's that's you know interesting this is a nice watch <laughs> this is, yeah, with the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank you, George. No, I, yeah, it, I, it, uh, this could be, is annoyingly. It new could, be, could be yours for under two hundred grand. Um, and then there's also Targa. It's like the worst handling ones, the heaviest nine eleven, <laughs> and so like you know, it's just yeah, very much a design thing and not performance related. Well, it's probably one of the more stylish nine elevens. I think universally, people seem to have an attraction to the way it looks. So I, I see if you're going to make that version, why you do it with the Targa kind of, kind of works. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, you know, basically the same type of mindset for the 20th anniversary Cayenne is the platinum, which just, you know, it, it's almost like how you should expect platinum. It's, or I'm sorry, a Cayenne. It's, yeah, just, it's one package that gives you everything you want. Right. Yeah. Which is, yeah, that's what my, that's what the platinum editions always generally have been. And they usually come at the end of the life cycle before a redesign, I think. Um, yeah they did i think with the last gen at least so my guess is we will see a facelift electric one come on in the 23 model year if this is what we're getting for 22 yeah didn't it just get an update for 21 uh 19 uh, i think wasn't it or 18 th this body style was in night 2019 i think wow yeah. that's a long time i haven't really paid attention. i know but they did right. get the newer <laughs> pcm out of the tycon for 22 and I think in 21, they did the bigger hybrid battery thing. So that yeah, small maybe that's why I thought it got an update. Anyway, I, um, <laughs> yeah, big, big Cayenne fan, honestly. Like, if you need so a, I. Yeah, I love a Cayenne. nice SUV that rips, that's the only option in my book. <laughs> yeah. And it tows 7,000 pounds. Can we just talk about that for a minute? It, that's really yes, good. The base Tahoe can't even do that. Wow. So yeah, Cayenne to me would be like the perfect car to take my track car to the track. Uh, and I'm sure a, well, lot, a lot of people of, do. Tons, tons of Porsche <laughs> people do that. That's always the coolest <laughs> when you see the, yeah. the Cayenne Turbo towing the GT3. Yeah, but I always love it when it's a first gen Cayenne Turbo. Yes, yeah, the Turbo S first uh, gen or Turbo just it's yep. like oh five. Yep, and it's got a. $200,000 car on the track. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, probably more money sunk into the Cayenne for repairs. But. <laughs> yeah, by this point. Yeah. Wow, they're pretty strong vehicles, though. They, you, the first gens, you just cannot break. The newer stuff, though, I don't know. Oh, I love seeing them on the road still. Like, when you see a nice first gen. You posted a picture one a little while ago. We yeah. have the Mintus Turbo S first gen Cayenne. Um, super clean, white on tan car. Really nice in town. Yeah. So Ben, how's the Taycan in your, your neck of the woods? You have new wheels on it? I do have new wheels on it. Uh, I don't remember if we talked about that last week. I don't or think we did. Do you have a picture no. of them? They 
You posted it on Twitter, I think. I texted someone. I don't know. I don't think I posted <laughs> the wheels on Twitter, on Twitter yet, Twitter? actually. No, I, think I, I don't think I have. You did. What kind <laughs> of social right. media person are you? I can, Not track very down, good. I can track down the photo. Track it down, yeah. But where, so where um, do you find them? I one day decided I didn't like how I wrapped the wheels, which I thought would help me like that style of wheel more. After you spent like four hours doing it. No, I spent like eight hours wrapping the wheels. It took a very long time laying on the floor in the garage. I didn't take the wheels off, which I should have done. Recommendation, take the wheels off. You can do that. Um, and so I went about a week. I was like, eh, it's just not right. And I didn't really like any of the standard Tycon sedan wheel options, at least given the price for some of them. So these are a set of 20-inch avant-garde, I think M510s, something like that. Uh, and they look perfect on the car. Yes. It, it definitely fits the the look of the Taycan really It's well. a lot better. Oh, yeah. Uh, and I got them used, including tire pressure monitoring system and tires mounted uh, from a guy who had them on his Panamera Turbo, and they fit pretty much perfectly. So not a bad deal. We went to Atlanta and did the Porsche Experience Center on the track and all that stuff and kind of made a trip out of it when we picked them up. Yeah, it looks great. I think, I, I think there's pictures I posted at the... P, uh, PC, the Porsche Experience Center, mm -hmm. but it does look really good. The wheels make a difference. So, kids, if you're listening, don't cheap out on wheels when you buy your Taycan. <laughs> or pay the for moral them for the factory. Hang on. Better way to look at this. Don't pay money for wheels you're not 100% satisfied with when you could just pay nothing and then put aftermarket wheels on it anyways. That's I mean, probably the right side. The brake calipers look now. I know. It has brakes. They're massive. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I that's like a good looking car. I, I think the rear brake is actually even larger visually. So now you need to you need lower springs. <laughs> uh, no one makes them for it. So if you wanna connect with anyone and uh, have them develop it and hook us up, let's do it. No one's gonna develop a suspension system for a non-air car because everyone buys <laughs> air suspension on their car. I realize I should have done that. Yeah, I should have probably just done cut that. the springs. But also like at the same time, the standard car, when you just have the dynamic uh, dampers with the coil springs, thing drives amazing in Sport Plus. It handles great. Like, there's no need for yeah. it, but you so, just can't make it, it look good. Cruiser. I drove yeah. a spring car, uh, non-air. Was it? Yeah, Here's I the think thing. You, you almost can't tell air. the difference between the air and the spring car. And if what you want a sportier feel, the spring's a little bit sportier. That's a Ben question. Ben, oh. uh, Kyle, ask your question again. Ben, you should know so, the answer to that. Uh, the, the German spec car, I did the range test, and, and I took it up Angeles the pink Crest. One? The pink one uh, was, was large battery rear drive, I think without air suspension. Probably didn't have it, yeah. Because you can get it with either battery, battery size. Air? Yeah, you, uh, the rear drive car, you can get springs on all the battery. Yeah. I honestly, like, I couldn't tell you that you need to get air for ride quality. I would tell someone you need air because you want to slam it and it, have it look better. That's the real reason yes. I see. 100% yes. all yeah. the time. And then off-road for dirt. I need air. I wouldn't be able to have one without it. I think I'll order it on the next one at this point. I'm pretty sure. Sport uh, Turismo? That was nice about the e Yes, uh, Sport in, uh... Turismo, Rear World. Yeah, that, that's news today as well. We've even talked about <laughs> oh, this yeah. yet. Uh, I never thought I would be saying this, but if you, like me, really want a rear-wheel drive sports wagon that's also electric, Porsche's now got you covered because they're making the most incredibly niche product in the world, 
which is the Sporturismo variant of every other Taycan wagon they've done so far. So you so can now get it without sure the plastic. If they'll come to the U.S. at this point, hopefully they do. Yes, yeah, it, it just it. needs to come in two years in my lease ends so that I can replace it with the wagon. <laughs> they, I don't need it now. I just need it in two years. Uh, or nine eleven. We're not sure. Could go Porsche either way. stuff is good. Uh, we need to do some some Cayenne stuff here pretty soon with the plug-in. Oh, for sure. Yeah, haven't haven't driven a yeah. new Panamera Neither or Cayenne plug-in. Very interested in the They're new plug-in. Excellent. I actually came close to buying a sixteen plug-in at one point a mm. couple years ago. A Cayenne. Uh, yep, a Cayenne. Uh, That'd be a good car for you, Mike. Well, we were close. To, I was close to buying it. Yeah. I thought about it. Found found yeah. a really nice one, with premium package plus, and all the good headlights and everything. And the leather. That's the thing. You you never really want to spend the money when you're ordering one, but it's always nice to buy a car from <laughs> someone who ordered like leather everything. Where yeah. they do the doors and the dashboard and the air vents <laughs> and the sun visor. And today I saw a uh, 911 that had a leather wrapped center interior mirror. Never oh, seen that. I don't think it's, I've ever it's seen it's one. It's nice. Wow. It doesn't look any different, but it feels better. It still looks like a black mirror. That's right, because you're not really usually touching that, but it's it's you know you have. But when you do it, soft touch. (laughs) Yeah, just think about the cow that died for your rearview mirror. (laughs) The baby cow, right there. (laughs) So Um, I am a fan of leatherless interiors. If you can give me a good leather alternative like Tesla does, I have no problem giving up leather. Truthfully, I really like the the Tesla too. They're always in the worst color combinations. Yes. It's yeah. like, give me the leather-free stuff, but make it look nice. Mm-hmm. So then you have to get leather. So yeah. what, what material do you prefer, Kyle, like the majority of the interior? Oh, whatever the Tesla has in there is perfect for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like honestly, some textiles. The the interior, like cool yeah, cloths. Just, yeah, Polestar. Yeah, the new has like the new wool. Like wool interior. Yeah. 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 Um, Polestar has whatever, it's a vegan free interior, but I heard it can feel like kind of like that swimsuity spandex stuff a little mm, bit. Yeah, it does, but I don't mind it. It's a very, um, it, was it, soft. it feels like a outdoorsman jacket. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's a good way of putting it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's mind it so much. Material. I it just don't durable. understand why, I, why someone would want a material in their material in their car that A, isn't very carbon effective. Uh, B doesn't wear very well. C requires a ton of maintenance and yeah. is like uh, just subject to damage and expense and getting you know filled with grease. Like leather is not a good material in cars. Like I don't know who thought this was, but now everyone's doing it. But I, I love all these these non-leather interiors, especially the fabric stuff, the really high yeah. stuff. If you can give me like the Tesla synthetic stuff on the seats and then some cool like fabric accents throughout. Yeah, cloth type things that are you know more interesting with like premium textiles there you go as that's much as i hate it. the mazda mx30 i have to give them credit for experimenting and putting cork in their car and it was nice yeah yep that is can you pin stuff too you can you can <laughs> all that matters i would yeah. love to do that um also i wanted to throw in here another bit of news uh the winnebago it is a concept I'm sorry, but it's based on the Lightning e-motors for transit that we have spent time with. And Kyle mm-hmm. even toured the factory. Um, and this... drifted and took to a track day. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. the, the day I met Kyle, he had that 
e-transit in his driveway and he's like let's go drift and then it's just completely snow on the roads you were there for that no yeah. way that's awesome <laughs> i don't recall this no, no 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 i wasn't there on the track we you just took me out around the neighborhood and it was like all snow covered roads and it was yeah there was like no one out because it just snowed but it like I don't know. It was easy. And it was like such a long wheelbase. It was the easiest thing possible to drift, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, this is pretty cool. Um, you know, it's, I guess a distant cousin to Kyle's diesel Winnebago revel, which is on the sprinter platform by Mercedes. This is the uh, superior platform. Yeah. This is no, just, let's actually, be honest. Yeah. I think, the, I actually think the transit's probably the better buy. Badge in the front of my van. I love the steel type wheels on this. And apparently it has a lot of sustainable materials, including like the MX-30 cork somewhere. I think it was in the floorboards or something. But uh, yeah, pretty, pretty awesome. Not going to lie. Only 125 miles of range, but it says it caters to a lot of people who don't want to take long trips in their small RVs anyways. Kyle's Mike, not one of those. Kyle's out. <laughs> I have a very quick uh, aside here. Um, they say it has up to 125 miles of range. Which accommodates for fifty-four percent of new RV buyers who prefer to make trips under two hundred miles. Well, that still doesn't accommodate for those fifty-four percent because <laughs> yes, one twenty-five is less than two hundred miles, but market. it is not. I'm good with two hundred. I'm miles. good with one ninety. <laughs> it's, it's really not enough range, and no, it, it, not for the that. charging speed on this is not. The problem is the Lightning E Motors platform is not up to snuff. Look, it's not meant to be a travel vehicle either. It's, it's meant to be a route for, master. Yeah, it's perfect for commercial use where vehicles are going on a set loop where you know where that thing is going and it's great. This is highly inefficient on the highway. We're talking well under 100 miles of range on the highway. That 125 is generous. Uh, I, I don't know if we ever did a range test, but it was around 70 or 80 miles, I think, is what we were getting out of our uh, same chassis, but totally empty. So this might be like a 60-mile vehicle. Um, and Also, so, if you're not going to sell this and it's your concept, just lie and say it's got more. Because it's yeah, like, well, you're it, not going to make it. You don't have to promise anything. Oh, so we would I like saw, to have up to 300 miles. That's all you have to say. You don't say what it is. Jordan, were you with me when we went to the factory at Lightning E-Motors? Nope. No, so timing was with me. We saw this van being produced over time. So what we've known about this for the last year and a half. And um, yeah, it's been fun. But I, even back then, I was like, okay, that's cool. But like, who's going to buy that? And the answer is probably no one will buy it. But cool to see Winnebago, uh, you know, at <laughs> expanding, least expanding, yeah, expanding, working with a local Colorado company. I think it's all good. I just think, um, yeah, more work needs to be done in this. And this is the perfect application for a range extender. Uh, love. Mm -hmm. There's so many benefits of having big ass batteries in RVs because, you know, I, I can't run the air conditioner for a full night in my Revel, in my Winnebago, which I think should be the bare minimum of state. <laughs> I agree. It's like, okay, I can get, can I get a full sleep in comfort? If it can't even do that, why make it? Um, and I'm just pissed off about my Revel's battery situation. They suck. And so what I've learned is RVs suck. Every single one of them, unless you go to the custom built like Newell's or Prevo's, all yeah. the production coaches, especially the class. They're really stuff, cheap that way. They're, yeah, they're total garbage. <laughs> and so, yeah, this is a great way to solve for a luxury accommodation by having a battery electric drivetrain, which you can then tap into for your components. But it, it, if anything, like the range is even worse. So like, 
I don't know. I think it's a bad idea. What we really need is is this drive trade and then put like a little range extender four cylinder under the hood to keep it going. And that's the best solution yeah. here. I mean, I'm shocked we didn't see like a – yeah. I'm actually shocked we didn't see Chevy, you know, Volt, great product, do a Volt version of the Silverado that's like a range extender with a battery under it that people would probably make into the coolest RVs. That would have been perfect. I don't know why range extenders didn't catch on. They make a lot of sense, especially in these applications. Yeah, plug-in hybrids, I think, don't make sense. Range extended EVs do. They do, yeah. Because a lot of people, yeah, don't plug their plug-in hybrids in. Um, I did want to add, what's like the range of the electric only for like the Panamera plug-in hybrid? About 31, 34 miles, something like that. I've done like 30 in it. In, yeah. a, in a Cayenne. So the Panamera might be a little better, probably yeah. being aerodynamic. We'll find out. We got to, <laughs> we need to, yeah, we're, we, uh, yeah, we, we, we know Porsche knows we want to test their stuff and we just need to work on logistics to do so. And we'll do all the, the EV range tests on those. But here's the problem like every plug in hybrid does somewhere between 18 and 40 miles. Yeah. <laughs> right or, or maybe much. a Rav4 Prime does a little bit more, but when you drive them hard, they all do about 18, 40 miles. That is a compromise from an electric standpoint. If you can have a battery electric system that can go 150 to 200 miles, probably 150 miles, and then you have a backup for the very rare times that you actually go above that, well, then that works pretty well. And the i3 was the perfect case of this. Mm-hmm. It worked perfectly for my lifestyle the only problem with the i3 was the range extender didn't have enough oomph it needed another you know 10 kilowatts just to keep the battery topped up um so so the the concepts there no one's made a perfect range extended ev yet except for and i hate to admit this the karma rivero um is really (laughs) a a good good situation um but that car sucks so Yeah, I feel like an i3 would even make great sense for me right now. Like I was toying with the idea of like some sort of electric car. It's still just terrible market. They're amazing car. used cars. Like you cannot almost yeah, can't find Mike, a better value. They used than to be eight grand. Now they're yeah, they 18. used to be way cheaper. Yeah, for yeah, a battery electric right i3, they're eighteen grand now. Yeah, it's not pretty... even a range. Oh, that's extender. not a range extender one. No, it's no. insane. We're living there... in insane times. Most of the ones I would want would be in the low twenties for used. With so I think even... the sweet spot... buy a new mini EV <laughs> for that price. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think a mini EV works for Jordan. I think he does need the gas. Oh, too. you do need the uh, okay. I yeah. think yeah. you either need a long range EV or a, a range extended situation. Um, I was just thinking today. You know, I've owned a few i threes. Love them more than almost any other car. And we just sold our i3 about eight months ago, seven months ago, something like that. And so really missing that car. And so I was just like walking around the office today. I'm like, I really want a blacked out i3S. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, that would be the perfect, because now I have a commute. I haven't had a commute in years, but now I have a place to go. And so, <laughs> you know, the smart car. Yeah, I don't. Wait, what happened to all these e-bike trails you're just talking us, well, to us about? Then it was 22 degrees and an ice skating <laughs> rink outside yeah. today. <laughs> Can you really put a price on your comfort when it comes to the environment we all live yes. in? Absolutely. <laughs> I will drive a straight pipe, diesel, whatever to feel comfortable. That's the thing. There's like three environmentalists that make it seem like they'll give up comfort for everyone, but no one's going to give up comfort for efficiency. Nope. 
Did we ever talk about this, Kyle, on the podcast? I don't know if we did. This oh, I3 was <laughs> the I3 yeah. stuff. <laughs> this is more than surface level. This guy went this is cool. insane. He has carbon fiber ducting in the back to feed the range extender so it stays oh cooler. God. And he has a – yeah, look at this. Like, <laughs> an insane build. And he autocrosses it all the time. That's cool. Yeah. I want an I3 now. <laughs> that's i mean i basically have one but that's cool yeah that's this neat. Is awesome i mean rear wheel drive carbon tub i think they've aged unbelievably well this was a car yeah, yeah. that launched in 2014 this is almost 10 years old and yes. it looks incredible yeah. uh so i think yeah blacked out i3s there are not a lot of cars that look that good or modern from that time period test them like list. look at a 2014 Seven series, no. Yeah, they're starting to age pretty badly. F thirty three series are starting to look old. Can we also, yeah. Ben? How many brand new three series? Maybe it's different in North Carolina. Have you seen compared to Model threes? And imagine telling BMW ten years ago that their three series <laughs> would no longer be relevant. Uh, I have seen. I can think of two instances where I've seen a new three series stand. It's insane. like of, of the G, you whatever, G20. When the F30 launched in 2011. They're everywhere. Yeah. Within six months, there were white ones. They on were everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> 328s. And maybe it's just because sedans have phased out a lot. But at the same time, like I don't see a lot of X2s on the road in X3s. Yeah. Uh, so no, I see more X3s than anything. I, yeah, uh, okay, but imagine. I think here's the production numbers, yes. but yeah, you couldn't. You the Germans would laugh you out of their building they if you said never so, it, if you because Tesla existed. This company called Tesla is going to make a cheaper sedan, and they're going to wipe the floor with the three series. And it's. I mean, the Model really Three is the new three series. Anymore. There's no way. Yep, Model Three is just the new everything, and and I think it's an amazing car, and probably the best car for the money. It is stellar in so many yep. ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, really good car. And and only maybe because it doesn't excel in every category, but it doesn't really suck in any category. No, it does the, the BMW 3 Series thing, which is it does everything like an 8 out of 10 or 7 out of 10, whatever it is, which is pretty much better and average than most cars out there and, you know, makes it a great product to own. I and mean, it's a car you can easily recommend to anyone. I mean, it has better steering than a 3 Series. And yeah. it's smoke. You buy the slowest one, it yeah, rips past an M340. The M yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that I was thinking about that in the shower the other day. I'm like, imagine <laughs> walking into a German boardroom with this information 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah, they just oh, funny man. <laughs> <laughs> they would, they would not, they, yeah, there's no comprehension. You'd never be invited back. And, and now look at BMW, they are in total state of disrepair, they are confused, they don't know what they're doing, they're making these ugly cars. They, they have no idea what to do, so they're like honing in on this emotion and sound design and this yeah. like their experience modes. But really, at the end of the day, what people want, in my opinion, is just a nice, solid, competent vehicle that doesn't need crazy stuff to as excuses. And that's the Model 3. The Model 3 isn't flashy. It has some software gimmicks. No one really ever uses those. They're hidden in a menu. You can, um, but it's just good at what it does and it does the german thing better than the germans then and, and look i4 is going to be a good car 
It's not even going to make a dent in Tesla sales. IX is going to be an amazing car, not even going to make a dent in Model X sales, in my opinion. And so I think uh, they're in in serious trouble over at BMW, and they have been for years, and I've been saying that for years, and even after driving their new EVs, I still genuinely believe that. I think uh, a lot of this modern shopping with these EVs is going to come down to what makes, let's, you know, BMW is an example, sorry to pick on them, but what makes the driving, what makes the BMW experience? Because uh, if it's no longer your engine and your powertrain, because every EV has a pretty good powertrain, it's smooth, it's responsive, it's quick, it's got torque, all that sort of stuff. I mean, there's a lot less to differentiate and you have to do it with a sense of personality. And if their whole personality was, oh, drivers, car, engines, you know, you don't pivot quick enough, you're left in kind of that weird limbo. You know, I, I think like you know, I didn't like that Genesis GB80 because the powertrain calibration was not that great compared to other cars that you would try and compare it with. Mm-hmm. But if both things are electric, well, then all of a sudden the GB80's got far more personality than say an X3, X5. So what's funny is out of the three German brands, it used to be BMW, Mercedes, Audi in my head as to the brands that I would aspire to own and enjoy driving. I would and agree now, with that. Yeah. Now I think. I think it's Audi, Mercedes, BMW. Really? <laughs> Why Audi? Uh, I love driving new Audis. I think they drive great. I RS6, really yeah. love tossing them around. The RS6 was incredible. It wasn't really that crazy sporty on the edge, but it was a freaking hammer, and it was very content in the corners. But even like their A4s or whatever, they're like fun and zippy, and like you can kind of throw them around a little bit, but you, like a 3 Series doesn't make you feel that way. Audi steering is actually pretty good compared yeah. to the other uh and then mercedes is is awesome i think for certain models and absolutely terrible for others and it's just very oh, vehicle God, specific yeah. you get the like a CLA. c300 and you go like oh my god who put this thing together this this <laughs> engine sucks mm-hmm. the transmission sucks <laughs> <laughs> whatever the so c43 bad. ev equivalent is that'll be cool like the semi-sporty EV kind of thing. That'll be me. Yeah. Yeah, what's their model? Yeah, everyone, drop your Model 3 competitors because that's really the car that could be interesting. The problem um, Although maybe the SUVs German, are just going to get too popular. The Germans still have not figured out electric cars. They're close. They're honing in on it. But I think they're approaching it from the wrong angle. And I'm not sure what, what the answer is for them. But um, being They're all approaching it from different angles, which is interesting too. Well, they've done a lot of great work with iX and i4. And actually, if I was to buy an electric SUV, for me, I'd buy an iX without even thinking about it. Without question, that's the best electric SUV. R1S? I mean... Say that again? R1S, Rivian? Oh, I'd have an iX over an R1S and then an R1S. Really? Yeah, the iX is amazing. That thing is so comfortable. (laughs) (laughs) It has bronze accents. Yeah, you I mean the bronze accents are cool. You get the 22s, which somehow have more range than the 21s, and then you just waft okay. along with oh, yeah. 30 speaker Bowers and Wilkins. Crazy. It's only like 102 grand, so compared to a Model X, it's great value. So my my dream spec was 98. Oh, that's a good. That's good. Mine came out to be like 102, but I just well, literally selected everything. What's the? <laughs> I guess my issue with it is my wheels are expensive. I look at it like an electrified BMW, and the BMWs aren't really doing anything for me these days. It's a round up new chassis, total new design. It's the, it's BMW rethought is the IX. Can the IX- you slide it though? Does it let you turn off civilian control fully? 
not or fully not. without the M. But maybe, but we oh. don't even know if the M60 will. But I, I, who cares? It's got dynamic traction control. That rules it out. I, I need okay, to be able to. Really, slot. I need. I need opposite locks. You can't really That's do fine. that in Neutron. Yeah, but you could do it in a Tycon right. Cross Turismo, which is well, if you think if you squint hard enough, it's an SUV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on to the end. That's that's a good place to wrap it up. <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Um, check out all of our stuff on Twitter out underscore of underscore spec. And then uh, Kyle is at it's Kyle Connor. He's posting a lot of stuff we do as well. I am at Jordan underscore Sheeper. Ben, hopefully I'll post more Tycon stuff. Benji underscore OO. I'll post photos of the wheels. Yeah, put photos of the wheels up there for people <laughs> who weren't watching. You, you post a tweet <laughs> and then we reshare it and people love you. It goes bananas. And, yes. and if you're ever bored, you can read the arguments in any of the replies because uh, some people don't know I've had multiple Teslas, so they just think I'm an anti-Tesla shill for having a non-Tesla V. And then there's other people <laughs> who go argue on my behalf. I don't have to do anything. It's great. Yep. And then there's M underscore Breeling for Mike with the uh, the, the mini, the mini EV. So very controversial yeah. vehicle, the mini EV. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, mini EVs sold 34,000 units last year. They doubled sales. So people are wow. loving them. That's good. Talk about a car that really proves that kind of range is not necessarily a thing holding people back from buying the EVs. Because yeah, people seem to love it. They're everywhere. Since the beginning. <laughs> yeah, but no one listened. That's the difference. <laughs> but then they saw the mini with the cool tail lights, and it's kind of cute. And they're like, "Okay, now we're open." <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.